What if you could see into the mind of your therapist? In this podcast, Dana and Beth will let you in to see the inner workings of two therapist minds. Listen to this week's episode, sit back and relax and get your coping skills turned all the way on with the mind grind. Disclaimer, this is not therapy and not a therapy substitute. It's important to remember that we're speaking in generalizations, hoping that this content is relatable and helpful. Please check Psychology Today and check your insurance card for your nearest mental health provider for individualized support. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Mind Grind. The Mind Grind. Here you are with Beth and Dana. Welcome, everyone. So we were thinking, how do we start off our first official podcast episode? And it felt, given the time of year and given what all of us have been through this past year, we're going to go right into probably one of the most important topics we could talk about during these times. And this episode is going to be called The COVID Wall, Year One Review. This is going to be part one of a series about the COVID wall. And what is the COVID wall, right? Like, why am I even using this term? I think I may have made this up. I may have read it somewhere. I'm not really totally sure. But the COVID wall is essentially this experience that we've hit a year into it where some of us are feeling hope. Some of us aren't feeling hope. We're going to get into all of that. But let's talk about the fact that A year ago, by the time this airs, it'll be about a year from COVID coming out and it being a major thing, March 13th. Yeah, major impact on the world. And before we get into some of the topics that we're going to talk about today, I think it's important to talk about some of the data on COVID. Yes. So as of now, there have been 500,000 deaths and 30 million cases in the U.S. Not a small number. Yeah, and right now in Pennsylvania we're in phase one of the vaccine rollout. Not even just phase one, phase one, like A or B, and even myself being a candidate for phase 1A, in a county like Philadelphia, we have barely even really gotten started on the vaccine. So it's happening, I mean, it's happening. I kind of put a little positivity into this. It's for sure happening, but it's taking time. We were told a year ago that it would be like two weeks, a month, maybe three. Here we are a year later. And uh, let's reflect. So Dana, take me back a year. March 12th, 2020, I was planning on traveling to Nashville, Tennessee for a vacation. And I remember leaving work that day on the train home back to Philadelphia and still have not packed my bags yet because that's typical for me. It had nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> but I was on the train and I started seeing these articles, the tweet actually, from Corona, you know, the beer, tweeting out that they are not associated with coronavirus. And at that time, I kind of laughed it off, thinking like, this yeah. is a joke, this is funny. Little did I know what coronavirus really was. And so I remember getting home that night and People were calling me and asking, hey, are you still planning to travel? And all of these questions kind of popped up into my mind. Is this safe? Like, what does travel look like? Will borders be shut down? Will airplanes be flying? Will I get stuck in Nashville for a significant amount of time? And so I ended up choosing not to go and returning to work the next day 
really to a new world. Yeah. Do you remember where you were at a year ago, Beth? Yeah. So a year ago, I was having a birthday and I kind of doing business as usual. I had been hearing about this COVID virus and it felt so far away. It didn't feel like something that was going to be hitting us. I, I think that this is probably a bit of an entitled first world American child thing, but these global events often have felt so distant. And so thinking that this was coming to the States and reading some of these news articles, it just, I remember it feeling not very real. Yeah, definitely. And not, not really understanding the gravity of the situation that we were walking into. So for me, one of those things that like really stands out was like the the paranoia that I experienced really early on. It was a type of fear that I hadn't seen so many people experiencing at the same time. And suddenly you didn't know what to do. You know, you didn't know what kind of mask to wear. You didn't know what you could or couldn't touch. You had to take a shower when you walked in the door or that's what we were telling ourselves. Grocery stores were empty of food. I, I mean, do people remember? It was like scarcity. It was almost like- Yeah, people were hoarding toilet paper. Hoarding toilet paper, like hoarding all sorts of meat. Like the meat aisle was empty. Uh, you know, clearly there's like no vegans out here. I don't know. Yeah, I had like 30 cans of tuna fish in my closet. <laughs> yeah, and sure, I did the same thing, you know, collecting cans. And then, you know, the anxiety you would get anytime your chest would feel tight, you know, or you had a simple cough, you, you freaked out because like, it, we didn't really even know what it meant to get COVID. Yeah, and... I think that it's important to point out for us in our role as therapists, we didn't know what was going on in the world. Yeah. And working with people who are also on that same page, we are all uncertain about what is oh, happening yeah. in the world. Yeah. And not necessarily knowing how to serve people or answering questions that people had because we were all in this together. We were all going through it at the same time. Yeah, you're right. It was, uh, and I think we're going to talk about the themes that we saw and, and, you know, for personally, and we're going to talk next a little bit more about the major themes we saw in therapy. Again, letting you guys in into what it's like, you know, what was it really like to be a therapist during this time? Because I imagine, I think people think about what it was like to be a nurse or maybe a teacher, but I don't know how many people are thinking like, what was it like for my therapist? Well, we're going to tell you. This is something that I think about too, right? I know what goes on in my sessions. I know what right. I'm talking about and what my clients are talking about. But for you, what are themes that came up for you and your clients during this time, especially in the beginning? So I'm, I'm thinking back and I really remember anxiety was there are people who to this day have maintained almost the same level of anxiety since this all started and just this fear of not being able to see anyone at all and especially the fear of potentially infecting someone that you love and care about and someone of your family that's in you know the older population or has a health issue or people who have health issues right that kind of fear yeah. or people who had small businesses who were like, I don't know how my business is going to survive. We're being told to shut down during this time. Yeah. That's and rough. it was, you know, I think as a therapist, watching people grapple with something that I had never seen us go through before. So it wasn't like, 
there was a protocol or a book to go to on like how to give advice in a pandemic 101. Like that book hasn't been written yet. Maybe we should write it. (laughs) Maybe we should. You know, what about you? Like what were some of the things that you saw? Yeah, I think that loss as a theme, I mean, there's many different types of loss, but I think loss is a huge theme. And that means loss of lives, loss of jobs, loss of identity, loss of roles and purpose. I think that for me, that came up a lot. And it also kind of hit close to home for myself. So I think that's the theme that sticks out the most for me. This was an extremely challenging time. And, And not to say that it's still not an extremely challenging time. A lot of people still have not necessarily gotten back their identities or formed new identities or new roles. I think that this time it it takes adjusting to and we're still in that adjusting process. I think something I was also really surprised by was how this impacted families and specifically moms, you know, working moms out there. And I want to give a big shout out to all of the moms that are listening to this podcast. There's so many MVPs, right? The healthcare workers, there's so many, but what what I witnessed moms going through was, you know, we're living in a society where we feel like we've really worked on our sexism and we're, we're getting so far. And then to watch my female clients really taking on the role of every type of provider, managing the household, working full time, and then being a homeschool mom. And still there are moms playing those three hats. It's just they're exhausted, they're emotionally tired, and I never expected our society to go in that direction in in a disaster. So I really think this kind of revealed some of these isms in our, that are still very much alive in our culture, sexism, racism. I mean, we could go all day about the isms that were very blatantly obvious. For sure. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think it's important for us to kind of validate you all. Everybody listening to this podcast has gone through something during this time. And I think that that's important to acknowledge. And we were talking about this earlier, Dana, that like this time it showed people who maybe never felt like they had mental health issues before. Like if you never had anxiety before, you had anxiety during this time at some point. And like people's behaviors being so extreme and polarizing. And we saw evidence of people really having a hard time functioning and that coming out in really intense ways, whether it was political or people putting a lot of energy into activism, whatever it was, but there was a lot of people having a tendency to kind of go to extremes, I think as a way to deal with a time where we have so little control. Definitely. And I think that we're going to get to this in our part two of this series. However, I think that something that's worth noting is that as a result of the pandemic, people are taking mental health a bit more seriously. People are a bit more aware of what's going on for them. And I think that is a positive. People who have not necessarily ever experienced mental health issues are exposed. Right. It's been a nice thing to see, but it's a hard thing to watch at the same time. Yeah. Obviously, we are seeing these themes come up with our clients. What do you think are themes that you've seen in your personal life, Beth? Woo-wee! All right, girl. (laughs) It's time to get personal. Let's get personal. Let's get real. I went through 
a lot of personal changes this past year. This has not been an easy year in my personal life. And COVID added on top of it has just made things that are already challenging more challenging. So I had an experience of a relationship that I lost and relationships that change. And, you know, that's of course really painful. And there's a lot of just grief inherently in that. And then I moved during the pandemic, like, you know, spring-ish time. And I had to just keep adapting and to so many things that were so unknown and not really knowing the direction of, you know, telehealth, because that's something that all of us therapists ended up doing. We should probably acknowledge that, that we, we all ended up doing telehealth and it was kind of mandatory that you couldn't do this in-person therapy anymore. But there was just a lot of not knowing kind of what my life was going to look like. And then also not knowing what my career was going to look like. That is a parallel to the themes that we've seen in our sessions, not knowing and change and loss. Yes. Change and loss. I mean, seriously, it's like pretty much we're living it every day and talking about it every day. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. It's, it's not been an easy journey. I think being a therapist during this time, And then I think the other thing I would say on a personal level that was really difficult for me was the awkwardness I saw happening in my relationships. There was this- Tell us more about that awkwardness. Yeah, the awkwardness. So like I said in the last episode, I come from a big family and I come from a family with a lot of different belief systems and worldviews. And that became- it became more obvious where I kind of feel like I've, I've stood in the middle with people around me kind of being in all different extremes. And it's been really, really hard to navigate my relationships during this time because of how, how awkward it can be and not wanting to pick fights and not wanting the, the awkwardness, sometimes just missing things being easier. And yeah, I mean, I remember that you sharing with us, you are or try to be the peacemaker. Yeah, try. (laughs) Position where it's not always peaceful. I imagine that's difficult. Yes, it is. It is difficult. And I, I, and I know I'm not the only one in my family who feels this way, but there, it feels like there's a lot of surrendering that happens in my role. And sometimes I just wish it was easier. And I had, you know, naturally more people who saw things from my perspective and I think even as a therapist, because we talk to so many people in a week, I think our worldview is really shaped from so much of what we see and our professional background as well. So I think sometimes we have this unique lens and that can sometimes be an isolating place to have that worldview. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think maybe that's part of why we want to do this, part of why we want to have this opportunity to talk about it, because it can feel isolating. Yes. Let's go to you, Dana. So I want to ask you... With COVID and all that it came with. I feel like I'm in an interview. You're in an interview, girl. (laughs) How did this affect your personal life? Again, going back a year from now, maybe a bit more. At the end of April of last year, I lost my grandfather. And that was an extremely challenging time for my family and for myself. I think that in the beginning of COVID, There were a lot of restrictions that maybe have lifted today, but, you know, not being able to be at the hospital or be at the rehab that he was at and knowing that he was alone and by himself during this time, that was extremely difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And to watch and witness my family members suffer and 
to want to be together during that time and not to be able to, which again, has never really happened. I've never had to think about what would it be like to not be able to do this, which again, yeah. I'm extremely grateful for the fact that for most of my years of living, I haven't had to worry about that. But that was a new challenge that I faced during this time. And so I think that whole process of planning funerals and capacity of funerals, right? Like who can come and who's, who can't come and limiting that like felt extremely uncomfortable for me. Not that I was the one making those decisions per se, but to be a part of that was extremely uncomfortable. And then again, showing up to a job where I am supposed to be showing up for other people, but also struggling myself. I think that was extremely difficult to be present and to be focused. And again, luckily I had an extremely great support network during that time, but it doesn't take away from that loss and from that experience. Yeah. And you've mentioned that you've had other losses too. I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it's less meaningful or less intense, but I think the loss of people, their lives definitely comes first. But yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of planned events. I was supposed to get married last year yeah. and that got postponed. And that process has been a whole different array of challenges, a lot of irritation along the way, a lot of reflecting on priorities and what's important, but it, nonetheless, it doesn't take away from that feeling of injustice. And I think that's another theme that I really wanted to talk about today. I think that feeling of injustice, right? Things don't feel fair. Why did this happen to me? Or how could this happen to me? And what does this mean for me? And I think that I've seen it come up a lot in therapy, as well as the other perspective of people sharing, oh, like that would suck if this would happen. Or I've heard, you know, friends right. go through this. And that sounds terrible. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, yeah, like in my head, it, it is terrible. I think that it's fair to just be honest with ourselves and, and admit that some of this stuff, it just sucks. Right? And it is yeah. unfair. That doesn't mean that we need to react in an unhealthy or immature way. Not to say that I never do that. However, <laughs> I think that we're allowed to feel entitled to our feelings. I always tell my clients, we're not in control of our feelings. We're in control of what we do with them. Now that we feel this way, what can we do next? Well, you know, and I want to acknowledge, I think losing something that you've planned, losing something that you look forward to for, you know, a long time is a big deal. And I, I think I, you know, watching even some of the people that I've worked with or watching people that I've known have to cancel and re- plan things. I mean, there's so much energy and time that goes into it originally anyway. Yeah. And then there's this feeling of you didn't know when to reschedule, right? Yeah. I mean, look at the world. We're still in this place of uncertainty. Yeah. I just think it's important to acknowledge that these kinds of losses of events and things that we look forward to, you know, this is what life is comprised of. You know, the weddings that we can't wait to see our friends or, or family members or the times where you, you look forward to every July 4th, your family does this thing or this tradition. And all of these things have been adapted for us. Yeah, there's a lot of firsts. There is. And for so many of us, there's a reality that things weren't the same this past year and it, it did hurt. 
like it did hurt, you know, it maybe hurt at varying degrees, depending on what those things were, but you felt the loss of certain people that weren't able to be around or do, do certain things with you because of the world being different. I think the last thing that I really want to touch on is, you know, even though I'm working from home, Dana, you're working from home, mm-hmm. there's this, there's still a desire to somehow socialize or connect. And there's still going to be these things that come up that we had to navigate. And when the warmer weather came out, it made it easier last year. And I think it'll be easier again this year, but there was still this experience of feeling judged by others for the choices that we made. Yeah. That's a huge theme. I don't know how we missed that or I missed that, but I'm glad that you're pointing it out now because I think that judgment is definitely something that I can relate to. To, and that has come up in multiple sessions with clients. Can you talk a little more about that, actually? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that during this time, everybody has different values and different ways that we kind of see what is happening around us. And that's based off of the information that we are privy to and that we learn and the people that we're surrounded by. And so I don't think that it's fair to say this person's right, this person's wrong, but it's recognizing that we all have different learned beliefs. And as a result, we're all in these different spaces to make different decisions that feel right for us. And I know that for myself, I have determined what feels good or okay for me and what feels maybe unsafe or a bit more risky. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the same for the people around me. And so I do get reactions from other people. I do get their opinion or their perspective, which sometimes aligns with mine and sometimes it does not. And therefore you feel that sense of pressure or that sense of judgment. Have you felt that judgment? Yeah, I I definitely felt that judgment. And I've gotten, you know, just being fully transparent, I've gotten a few COVID tests this year just after doing an interaction where maybe I felt like that wasn't as safe of a situation and not always was it intentional or, you know, sometimes it's hard for things to happen spontaneously in the year of 2021, 2020, but there were a couple of events where it just felt like it was harder to manage and control all of the things, the social things happening around me. And I'm not talking like I was at, you know, major parties or anything like that, but visiting a friend and somebody coming over or seeing my family and finding out that they've been seeing other people and maybe not being as careful as the people in my bubble are and thinking so much about how every decision that I make affecting other people in my bubble, if I'm being really honest and I'm just, this is coming to me just now. It's like, that was actually probably one of the hardest parts about this. Just knowing that every decision that I make is It's like, I have to report on myself and then share it to other people and reflect on how it affects one person's bubble and how that affects everyone in their bubble and how it affects everyone in that bubble. I think that's a really good point. And that kind kind of triggers my memory to many sessions where this theme of guilt comes up. We're feeling guilty for our actions and behaviors in ways that we never had to, because maybe in the past, these actions and behaviors were very normal and they were very safe and they were very day to day. And we've had to relearn and rethink what that means 
and therefore it's bringing up a lot of new feelings for us. So like we said, this is a part one of a two-part episode. Beth, tell us what can our listeners expect from this new episode? What are they looking forward to? So what you guys are looking forward to is that we want to talk a little bit more about what was helpful for people during this time. We'll self-reflect on our own growth that we went through that we didn't even know we were going through and we're still going through. We're going to share with you guys what our fears are for the future. And then we're going to end it with talking about the coping skills and ways to check in with yourself going forward in this situation that we're all in. So find the time. Come and unwind, unwind to, to the, the mind. mind grind. See you guys in part two. To connect with us, share ideas, comments, or questions. Find us on Instagram at the mind grind podcast.